Hey, boys, how's it going? Hi. Are you boys social distancing properly at the moment? Yes. Yep. Are you guys going to so stop mirroring each other's answers? No. I hate you two so much. What was the, I'm sorry, what was the question? Are you social distancing enough? Are you going to stop repeating each other's words? I mean, you know, just kind of checking on you guys, you know? Well, yeah, I'm trying to keep away from everyone, generally. Except for when I'm at work and I have to be with people. So weird, I can't hear anything in my headphones. You sound uh, you sound a little weird too on on this end. Like uh, I think it's the desktop, the computer mic that's getting picking you up. Is that what it is? That's what I'm gonna guess it is because it sounds like you're just far I enough. Maybe adjust that. Yep, that that's what it sounds like. Wow, we are off to a phenomenal start here at Geek Stuff TNG, and we're already losing the sandwich. Wow, it's gonna be a day. Yep, it's already gonna be a day. Uh, Kev, you still have the issue. Yep. Um. So yeah, hopefully everyone's doing, uh, having a, a great start to their week. Hopefully everyone's being safe, staying in their homes uh, for those who can. Um, and hopefully everyone is social distancing properly. Uh, it's been, uh, just to kind of get out of the way, I've, uh, the last two days has been pretty rough in terms of knowing people who have uh, not been fortunate and everything in the hospital. So hopefully everyone at home is staying safe. Because How's that, better? Uh, no, not at all, actually. It sounds about the same. What are you hearing? Uh, it's like room, like you're kind of, like I think you're talking through your iPad or MacBook oh, or whatever it is you're using. Okay. Uh, connection. I'll have to look at that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully everyone's doing okay. Hopefully everyone's ba- playing it safe and uh, taking things seriously. So. Yeah. Sha-daisy. Very, very serious situation. Yeah. Sandwich, how's everything going at work for you? Because I know it's a little crazy right now with... Uh, 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 so the day before Easter was hell... <laughs> that makes sense. Um, we were off Easter, which was nice because usually the only day we ever have the only day we're ever closed is Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have Easter off and like you know be with the fam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's slowed down a bit. It's still crazy, but it is what it is. Well, hopefully, things kind of settle in for you a little bit there. I can I can only imagine, sir. I can only imagine. But thank you for being an essential person, sir. Thank you for being a central sandwich. It is much appreciated. Um, Anytime. But in the meantime, folks, uh, I would like to hit up uh, our usual spiel before we get things going. Uh, That is with Patreon. Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG where you can help us support the show because there are a lot of things that kind of go into the back end of uh, putting the show together. For $1, you can participate on our Discord uh, service. Uh, which that alone I think is uh, highly beneficial. For three dollars a month, you get the show a day and a half early, which is usually Tuesday night, and you get a sneak peek at the prep sheet, uh, which is uh, sent through uh, Patreon. Um, for five dollars, you get a weekend bonus show, uh, which I've been having fun doing so far. We're kind of it's kind of op eddy, kind of just whatever's on my mind in the moment. Uh, and you get a vintage show of uh, what of ye old geeks, uh, big Kevs at geek stuff that is, uh, and the previous perks. And for ten bucks a month, uh, you get to check us out on the lovely Instagram live feed uh, as well, and all the other previous perks. So even sandwich, even sandwich. And there you go, Kev. It's everything sounds good on your end now. Oh, okay. Uh, there. So again, that's Patreon.com/slash Geek Stuff TNG, where you can help out a ton. 
uh, with supporting the show in some of the most simple, so, 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 little as a dollar, little yeah. as a dollar. Um, so, boys, let's get ready. We have episode 584 of Geek Stuff, uh, which uh, I'm not putting a, a name yet for the show, but we'll figure that out eventually. We usually do. Um, but the first thing that came up on the list, that, and I'm, I love this sh- story for so many reasons. Uh, most of all, it, it happened a little bit right before the show started, not right after the show ended, which happens yeah. so damn much and is so infuriating as we record on a Tuesday night. Um, but according to ComingSoon.net, uh, Sam Raimi uh, said in an interview that he will be in charge of uh, the sequel to Doctor Strange 2 um, that is set to hit theaters. Uh, you know, actually, who knows when it's going to hit theaters now with everything. Uh, originally, it says November 5th, 2021, but who knows if things are going to get rearranged. Uh, but he said in an interview with Coming uh, ComingSoon.net, uh, while talking about the new horror show, 50 States of Fright on Quibi. Uh, and just in conversation, he kind of just brought it up uh, naturally, saying he always loved Doctor Strange as a kid. Uh, it was always kind of like after the Spider-Man, Batman stuff for him. Um, but that he's ready to kind of take over and uh, be involved in the project. And personally, I think that this is the ideal person. I think it makes absolute sense uh, to have Sam Raimi. Raimi and his visual creativeness is going to take this franchise up a notch where, um, where it needs to go. Frankly, I think this is just an absolute smart move on Marvel, um, to take in this direction. I just want to know who Bruce Campbell is going to play and who his brother is going to play. (laughs) I'm going to guess Bruce is going to be a smart Alec. Yeah, you think? I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go that far. And his brother? Who knows what his brother? I I want to know how he's gonna incorporate that old uh, car of his into the movie. I'm I'm drawing a blank. That was a. I want to say it was an Oldsmobile for some reason, but I don't think it was. I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Uh, but he always has that that beigeish looking car uh, in his movies, for the most uh-huh. part. Um, I think except Wizard of Oz. That was the only one where it wasn't in. But um, no, I'm a fan of this. I think this is absolutely brilliant and. Uh, this is what Marvel needs to do to, like I said, kind of just take the movie up a notch. I mean, for, for me personally, growing up as a kid, um, the Spider-Man trilogy, the OG one, was my real introduction into, wow, they actually make movies about this stuff? This is fantastic. So I'm really excited to see Sam Raimi take the reins for Doctor Strange. I like the first Doctor Strange movie a lot. I thought it brought something to the Marvel Universe that I was always interested in. I don't really know a whole lot about it. So I think it's going to be a match made in heaven. I think Doctor Strange, it's the multiverse of madness, right? Yes. Yes. I think that's going to be, I think it's an excellent movie. I'm looking forward to it. Horror is going to be something interesting. I don't normally do horror. So I, but this we'll see is, how but that this, all pans I, out. If I had to put money on it, this is going to be a horror light. This is almost going to be like cable network kind of horror. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's gonna it's not gonna be the uh, it's it's you like know it's tunnels gonna, and trolls. It, it's it's gonna be the kind of stuff that Joe Bob complains about because it's so watered down. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's kind of the, one of the better ways to explain it. But uh, oh my God, someone cut their finger! Oh no! Oh. No! <gasps> There's a drip of blood. Sensor. Ah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think you're you're you'll be fine for the sandwich. I, I have faith but- in you. I, I don't mind horror movies like The Shining. I actually like The Shining. Well, that, that's amazing. 
That's a thriller. Okay, I like thriller more than horror. Because horror, I don't like where, you know, I'm hanging it. And then off screen, something jumps out at me. Ah! That's all right. I will admit, I do hate that. That is very cheap. I, I do hate that. Uh, the, the jump scares is what they're called. Like Scream. Yes. I've never been like, yes, yeah, Scream was a big franchise, but I, always, I never liked it for that reason. Um, but this, this is, I think, this is going to be very suspenseful horror. Uh, at, wa- at watered down suspenseful horror, rather. So, Sandwich, why are you off to one side in the shot? Sorry? Better. <laughs> <laughs> I am also excited for this because, you know, we're going into a new phase of Marvel. You know, we've had 10 plus years in, you know, this phase of building up Thanos and stuff. So now it's kind of like, you don't, we don't know where the story is going. We don't know really what we're building towards. So there's like much more of like a, what's the word for it? Like wonder and like illusion and like, Oh, what could actually happen? Yeah. Yeah. In these movies. Now, have you guys just to kind of sidetrack a little bit on this, have you guys watched the John uh, Krasinski YouTube shows with the, uh, the some good news SGN? No. All right. It's not. it's worth it. Like it's, it's what the title says. But what happened is in uh, <laughs> in the latest episode, somebody kind of drew him into like a, a three page, or excuse me, a three panel comic uh-huh. or fork panel, and he goes, "That's the first time and probably the last time I'll ever be incorporated with something that's comic book related." And he did one of those Jim from the Office looks into the camera kind of, and it, <laughs> and it lingered just long enough. Where it's like you motherfucker, you my, you know what you're doing. Well, the 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 internet is a buzz with the John Krasinski as um, Reed Richards yeah. rumor. Yeah, that's what yeah, it's I mean. About. Just uh, apparently, Reed Richards. I posted an article about this on our Facebook page. That Reed Richards was trending after the um, information came out that John Krasinski met with Marvel again about being involved in some unnamed project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a feeling they want Krasinski for Reed Richards, which I think would be amazing. I think Krasinski wants his wife for Sue Storm. Oh, that'd be great. Which I also think would be amazing. Yeah. For sure, I, I I will say so, this: if they actually got Krasinski in there, I think he's the person. He's the perfect kind of personality to fill in Chris Evans's shoes. Now, I'm not talking about like replace Captain America, but just having that kind of nice guy personality, um, you know, as the the good old boy in in the Marvel universe. I think he would be the perfect mm-hmm. person to kind of jump on board and, and do this. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think he would be a great Reed Richards, but it really depends. Unfortunately, you can't just be a great Reed Richards. You have three other characters that surround you yeah. that make that completely contribute to who you are as a character. Absolutely. So if he has his wife, Emily Blunt, mm-hmm. as Sue Storm, I think that would be amazing because mm-hmm. they already have that chemistry, obviously, in real life. If mm-hmm. you've ever seen the two of them together, they have really great chemistry, so good for them. Um, but then it also depends on who's the thing and how are they doing him, one. Yeah. Who is the torch and how are they doing him, two. Because in my opinion, you got a long way to go to beat Chris Evans as the human torch. Agreed. From the previous Fantastic Four movies. I mean, he was spot on. And although Michael Chickalee's 
as OG used to say, batter dipped Michael Chickalees. Uh, <laughs> although his costume was kind of dreadful, his performance as the thing was excellent. His banter with Johnny Storm was excellent. Agreed. So it's not like, you know, I mean, you, you need all of those elements working together in order to, you, you know, in order to sort of round out those characters. You can't have just a brilliant Reed Richards walk in the door and I, just be like, I'm Reed Richards and friends. It just doesn't work that way. T- totally agree with you. Totally agree. It's about the Fantastic Four is about the family. That's what makes that makes it work so very well. Right. Uh, but I mean, hell, if you get, if you have your, your read and you have your Sue, I mean, that's 50% of the way into it. So, I mean, that's not bad. That's not a bad way to kind of kick it off if you wanted to go that route. Um, but again, you're, you're absolutely right. Like having that connection is what matters the most, um, above all. So again, we will wait and see, but so far some good news, at least going on with the MCU, uh, moving on. We have a Disney's Bob Iger, uh, says he is now he's not filling in. He's not going taking back the role of the CEO of Disney, but he says he's going to be stepping up his uh, his workload and help out kind of guide uh, the company through the the whole pandemic situation that's going on right now. Um, just to reiterate, the the Asian parks closed many months ago at this point. Uh, there's closures going on uh, in other places as well. I'm just saying that uh, China was such a heavy investment for them. Uh, the Shanghai Disney, rather, and the fact that it closed down first um, uh, greatly impacts the bottom line of the company. On top of that, of that, now all these movies are getting delayed. There's a little bit of curiosity what's going to be happening um, with them. So he's kind of stepping back up to help out even more uh, in terms of making sure that the company makes it out of this uh, okay, which... I, I think it should kind of make people kind of happy because he is, he's the he's the veteran here. Uh, I'm not saying that Bob uh, uh, Chapik, I believe is probably pronounced the, the new CEO's name, uh, can't do it. But uh, why not have one of the uh, the top guys, the top CEOs of the company to help you guide out through the situation? I'm with you on that. You know, I just think it makes kind of uh, sense there. But again, hopefully uh, they... Actually, I think, and, and I think this just a uh, sidetrack from there. Uh, I think it also has a little bit to do with, uh, since it's out of their hands, like what happens with AMC theaters at the same mm-hmm. time? If they go out of business, you know, does it, what, you know. I, I, I saw another, uh, I saw another um, article today, which I did not share on our Facebook page, but I mm-hmm. read it that said that Disney may help out theaters by re releasing Endgame in theaters again once it's safe to do so <laughs> which i think is interesting because i really don't th- i mean at this point if you haven't seen endgame 3 times you're just not trying <laughs> so you know i figure i don't know that that's a winning play on their part i mean they got a movie ready to go don't they they have you lots know? of movies ready to go Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they got they got a lot of them. Uh, if anything, can that... think of one Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I think I think people would be much more apt to get out and get in a theater and see that movie. Uh, the other article that I read today, which I didn't share and I probably should have, was uh, what's his name, Dennis Villeneuve, 
okay. has said that Dune is intended, his Dune remake is intended for theaters, for the mm. big screen, which I think is his opening volley in saying, I don't care if it takes a year to reopen theaters, I'm not releasing this movie on home video first. Yeah. And did you see those images, by the way? I did see them. They no. were, they were Yeah, else. I posted them on our Facebook. I, the article uh, to Vanity Fair on our Facebook looks really good to me. I mean, I'm 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 a fan of the 1980. Is it five? I think version of Dune. I also watched the the Sci-Fi Channel ones in the. I guess that was in the 90s at some point, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. I watched those two. I kind of thought it was kind of like a BBC production of Dune, those ones. <laughs> um, but I love the campiness of the uh, the 1985 uh, version with Sting and uh, Kyle MacLachlan and Max von Sydow and all the rest. Patrick Stewart and the, the rest of the cast. There's a million people in that movie. Um, uh, I thought... I thought that one was really great, and I'm really looking forward to this one. But this one looks more straight up sci-fi than than camp, which is what I expect it will be. Um, but I'm very excited to see it. Honestly, I, I really am. I think um, Villeneuve is a really great filmmaker. Uh, Blade 2049, I thought was an amazing film, visually and otherwise. Um, and I've even I read an article today also about how uh, somebody's I guess it was somebody's opinion article that said that the Blade sequel was better than the original Blade. I don't know that I could go that far. It was a good <laughs> sequel. It might have been. Was it Gunn? Was it James Gunn said I, that? I'm not no. sure. It might have been. He actually released a list. I think you can look it up of yeah, something he, like 27 movies whose sequels were better than the originals. Yeah. <laughs> Which I agree. Some of them were. He's right. Some of them, like he had Wrath of Khan, was better than Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Duh. Um, but there are other ones that I was kind of like, oh, I. So yeah, it's such a good conversation. Check that for one folks. out. Yeah. Uh, moving along, uh, I think uh, Kev, you will like this next story. Uh, oh, Netflix has struck a deal with Boom Studios. Uh, to bring some live-action and animated series uh, from some of his franchises, including uh, Lumberjanes, Something is Killing the Children, Once in a Future, and Mouse Guard. Oh, thank God. So let's talk about Mouse Guard really quick. <laughs> Deliberately left that uh, last. Friend of this, uh, yeah, because all uh, leading up to it, I'm like, okay, okay, oh, yeah, and... Once you said boom, I'm like, I'm hoping that, that what I think is happening is happening. And here's why. Mouse Guard was being developed by, I think, 20th Century Fox, I think. Um, that sounds... For uh, a 3D, you know, let's call it like a Pixar-style movie. Mm -hmm. And they had sets and they had a whole production team. You can actually go to um, David Peterson, friend of this program, by the way. David Peterson, the creator of Mouse Guard. You can go to his, uh, I, I don't know if it's on his Instagram or his webpage or Google it and you'll find it. He did or someone did a virtual tour of the production department for that movie because once it was acquired by Disney, Disney shut it down. 
So to, to and they to- literally had. I mean, when you see the amount of work that has gone into this production already, if they're gonna pick that up from where they left it off, I really hope that's true. Because man, if if anyone deserves a win on this, it's Dave Peterson. I mean, the guy is the nicest guy in the industry, in my opinion. Nicest guy, definitely nicer than Anthony Helmer. Uh, nicest guy in the um, uh, in the business, uh, absolutely, undeniably, unbelievably talented artist. If you've never read Mouse Guard, you really should. And he has world built a universe that is just spectacular. And we haven't had any new Mouse Guard stuff in a while mm-hmm. because it's been all locked up apparently because of this deal or some such thing. I don't know. I I. I said something to David Peterson. I can't remember where I was. I guess it was New York Comic Con. It might have been. And New York Comic Con, and he said, I'll talk to you about that. And I was like, okay. And I, as as is the custom, I never got back there because, you know, when it comes to New York Comic Con and Artist Alley, it's one and done usually. Yeah, which, by the way, we got to talk uh, like about, about Comic Con. Con um, but he, he said, I'll talk to you about that. And uh, I just never got a chance to follow up, which stinks because I'm really curious. Uh, I'm really, really curious to know if um, uh, to know what what the what the sort of delay on that is. And he is constantly doing new imagery, and he does like um, like online. He'll show you how he draws and inks and colors and the whole thing. It's really great. He's really, really a really wonderful guy, and really, really deserves a win on this. So I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they're going to pick up where that production left off because I I was the most excited person about that production i promise you yeah wasn't so. there a mouse guard like rpg game that came out last year I yeah know. i have it yeah it actually came sure out talk- several years ago okay i thought we talked about it on the yeah. show last year that's why it we did familiar. well we t- they i think they re-released it we might have talked about oh, that's the what it, is that what it was okay i don't we definitely talked about when they came out this company called crazy bricks did um uh lego minis of mouse guard figures they just recently I'm going to say maybe two months ago, not even two months ago. No, it couldn't even been that long. Maybe six weeks ago, if that. They had a Kickstarter for um, uh, like wave two of those figures. That was pretty excellent. And of course, they got funded and everything else. They look great. Uh, Not really my bag. I'm really still holding out for some kind of figures Mm -hmm. of some sort because I I just think they're great. If this movie happens, I, I would think that might be a possibility. Um, but, um, yeah, I really, really, I really, really am a huge fan of this. And that is really terrific news. Thank you. That, uh, that kind of made my day. <laughs> good. Uh, there, there has been some other good stuff coming out from, uh, boom. Um, not as much. Have you read mouse guard? I, I have not read mouse. You guard. would love I've... it. You need to go into retailer X, uh, is establishment when it's open again or get him to home deliver it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of collected editions, uh, that I'm sure he has somewhere in that pile that he lives on. Um, uh, I'm sure they're in there somewhere, but, uh, yeah, it's right up your alley, uh, uh, sandwich. You would really, really enjoy it. It's good stuff, I, but yeah, I, go on sandwich. I, got, I was wondering, what do you guys think about Netflix getting this? Cause I feel like we've talked about Netflix is, you know, 
how some movies are going to Netflix. Mouse Guard was a whole film that's going to Netflix now. What What do you think about Netflix being in control of some of these properties now? That's I'm, a really great question. Go I'm, ahead. I'm going to let you get it, Nick. I'm and personally, I'm personally happier that it went to a Netflix compared to anywhere else because it's its own standalone entity compared to, uh, let's just say, a Disney for argument's sake. Because there's extra hands kind of in the in the pot uh, in that circumstance, um, for for um, for Netflix, there are a lot of people who are happy lately with the way they have been rolling out their their properties, yeah. um, and I, I think that they have the capability of being able to roll out a very popular product, um, uh, you know, whether it's a movie, whether it's a show, whatever the case may be in these these circumstances. Uh, and I think that they're going to be able to put out something where uh, it not only does it meet consumer appeal, it actually will uh, uh, succeed. It will actually go over the top and then help uh, roll out. Uh, we'll, we'll get more people interested maybe in the books where they actually do want to pick up a mouse card. Uh, yeah. So I, I have faith in Netflix. Um, uh, they, again, they, they, they need more content. They're not going to survive off of this whole Tiger King thing for much longer. Um, <laughs> and, and I think this is the, the right move, uh, for them to go because people are still going to be subscribed to Netflix, especially with all this quarantine shit going on. I, uh, I agree with what Nick said. I, I, but I'm mixed about the whole thing. Honestly, I'm really ecstatic for mouse guard to f have found a home. And again, if it's continuing the production, the pre-production that's already been done, I am beside myself with excitement. I really am. If they're going to cheap it out and just flat animate it and throw it up there, I'm going to be really disappointed. That all aside, a couple of years ago, it feels like 100 now, uh, it was announced that in conjunction with BBC that Netflix would do a remake of Watership Down. And they did it in two parts or three parts, I forget. And it was also 3D animated, which looked really great. However, it stunk. And they knew it stunk. And they kind of buried it, you know, mm -hmm. sort of in the background. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really super disappointed about that. As I have been disappointed in a couple of other things Netflix has done. However, that said, I have liked or really liked as many things as I've not liked. So it's a mixed bag. It can go either way. I'm happy if it's proceeding at all. I'm happy. But yeah. I have caveats to that happiness. If it's proceeding from the uh, from the previous production, I'm happy about it. If it's proceeding from a uh, a new production, a different style animation, something, 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 I'm not going to be happy about it. So you know, it's it's a mixed bag. We just got to wait and see. I mean, here's the thing: it also has with with this deal, they also get a lot of properties where they don't need to have a crazy high budget like a mouse guard. So hopefully, you know, they can maneuver the the budget for these properties where they can funnel more funds into mouse guard because that has yeah. to have its own uh, unique style, its own kind of unique look uh, compared to other stuff where it can just kind of be regular live action. So um, hopefully I mean, I suspect based on the level of production that they were already doing. And if you guys find that video, Nick, if you find that video or, or an attachment to it, link it to the page because people should see how far along this thing was Okay. Um, in order to appreciate the fact that, you know, 
depending on what level of production they were at and where they stopped and so on and so forth and how long it'll take them to pick it back up, I suspect MouseGuard could be the first of these to roll out mm. of this deal, maybe. Well, I'm, maybe. I'm looking in the article here, and it said they already spent $150 million on MouseGuard. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of money to leave yeah. on the table and start all over again. <laughs> yeah, it just means that they're picking up the, the – it must mean that they're picking up the production Mm-hmm. That's already the ball. The ball has already been rolling on for a couple of years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's. I think it's great. You really should read it, Sandwich. You really should. You really should contact Retailer X uh, and, and and get him to drop that off at your house. Curbside delivery. He's doing indeed. Meanwhile, I still don't have my previews or my goddamn mail. So that's another inside joke. Another fun thing. Just saying. Uh, another bit of news, which I'm not really too happy about. Uh, Disney Plus is developing a Robin Hood remake. It is a live action, which I'm saying with quotes, uh, slash CG, CG hybrid remake of the 76 animated movie. Um, yeah. Now, I, I don't know where you stand on this, Kev. I personally loved that movie. I That was one of those sure. things when I was younger where I watched that. I, I'm pretty sure I broke the VHS just playing it over and over again. Uh, <laughs> but I know it doesn't get the, uh, how can I say it? the The recognition, the acknowledgement, maybe from a younger generation. So I don't know how they, how younger kids feel about this movie. So maybe it's a good thing. Um, no, it's it's first of all, it's a classic. That's number one. Number two, it has always been an important part of this program because OG and I share a love for this movie uh, uh, that that is uh, uh, best described as part of our lexicon. You know how many things come out of OG's mouth that are from uh, the Robin Hood movie? How about Oodalolly? Like we say that all the time. Yeah. I say that all the time in my regular life, and so does OG. And that is from Disney's Robin Hood, you know. And there's a, there's a number of things. So, uh, and and for myself, for those of you that don't know, who who maybe haven't listened before, I am a huge, huge Errol Flynn fanatic. This movie is based on. The Disney animated Robin Hood is based on the 1938, I think, 38 uh, Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn. Don't believe me? Watch the two movies. The styles for the costumes are identical. I mean, the you know, like you'll see the similarities and clearly the, the film makers were inspired by that Errol Flynn movie. So again, another level of uh, of importance for me mm-hmm. and the fact that they're now going to remake it in the way that they have been remaking these live action ish things i don't know man i, I mean, they're, they're they're going That's... over big though no matter what we think they're hits i mean they can go over big but you know at the same time it's i mean don't get me wrong i liked uh i liked aladdin not because it was the story of Aladdin. I did. I mean, I did like it because of that. I liked it because Guy Ritchie directed it, and he's amazing. Uh, he's you know, like. But overall, did I think it? We needed it. I don't think we needed it. Just like I'm really sure. Like if they want to remake, you know, like classic '90s stuff, like The Lion King and Aladdin, and you know, uh, Mulan is about to come out, and mm-hmm. so on. The only one so far that they've done that isn't in the 90s was was Jungle Book. 
What about Little Mermaid? And well, they haven't done Little Mermaid, but I'm saying the only classic Disney that they've remade is Jungle Book. Jungle Book was the least popular of yeah. the remakes yeah. so far. And I wonder if the reason is because there's a classic and there's a classic. And I think mm-hmm. some classics shouldn't be touched. You know, like the, they were threatening to remake uh, Escape from New York for the last <laughs> 20 years. Yeah. Uh, and they still, thank God, haven't done it. But the point is, is like nobody should remake that movie. Uh-huh. You know, that movie is just fine on its own. That's a really great example of movies shouldn't be remade. Black Hole should never be remade. Uh, you know, like there are movies, there are classic movies, and I think Disney's Robin Hood is one of them, in my opinion. Well, hopefully so, another generation of kids just watch the movie. I mean, I, I would take yeah, that. Yeah, it's on Disney+. Plus. Just yeah. sit down and watch it. <laughs> what were you going to say, Sam? Are, are they doing... Live action CG, as in like Planet of the Apes having the having Golem do something, or is it live action CGI? <laughs> I'm gonna just make it look like a real bear, but it's not a real bear. The actor is <laughs> the actor is Andy Circus. I forgot Thank his name. So I forgot his name, and I just and immediately went two, to Golem. The answer to your question is. Um, one assumes if they're saying live action, they're not going to put a fox mask on some dude. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, the Lion King movie, I'm pretty sure they didn't have, like, anyone, like... Nothing about the Lion the King movie was real. I, yes, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. that was live action CGI, I think. Oh, are you gonna? Are you saying are they going to do motion capture? Are they mocap, or are they just going to computer generate everything? Yeah, they have to, because the, the animals will speak with human voices, and... Yeah, I, I think. It, yeah, I think in this one, I, I in this case, I think they're gonna have to do some mocap. I don't know that they did any or didn't do any for Lion King. I don't know, but I think in this one they probably will have to. Well, we'll probably go see it eventually. So there's that. Um, <laughs> moving along, uh, Todd McFarlane. Uh, he has fucked him. Oh, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Relax. <laughs> You don't have to be so angry, sir. No, I'm furious. Why about are you this. being? Uh, don't I think? It depends. There are two. Hold on. There's two Todd stories floating around. So let's see which one you have. Well, the first one I'm talking about is the Kickstarter. Yeah, fuck him. So no, no, no. <laughs> Chill. So uh, for those who don't know, he has a spawn action figure Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, within, I believe it was sixteen under twenty minutes for sure. Uh, they reach their goal of 12. 112 minutes. Okay. They reached the goal of $100,000 uh, to remake this Spawn figure, uh, which I got a sneak peek at uh, Toy Fair, which looked pretty good. Uh, but within, I believe it was 24 hours, uh, it hit the $1 million mark. And right now, as I sit on the webpage, it is at uh, $1,386,000 uh, plus. At the current moment, so obviously super super popular, uh, and way way went over way better than what everyone thought. On top of that, uh, it's also part of a new initiative to help uh, open a uh, toy section on Kickstarter to help people kind of uh, roll out uh, toy campaigns in order to help uh, get better funded or to get funding rather for their own projects as well. Oh, so it's oh. Uh, it's a little bit of a twofer. And uh, 
I will say I will I'll say my thing because I I am positive I I'm optimistic about this and boys I actually had a chance to talk to Todd McFarlane about this this is one of the things I was going to tell you during the show but Kev tell me what you think okay let's see where do I even begin take a deep breath kicks Kickstarter I feel in this regard should be reserved for great toy makers who cannot get any kind of corporate backing or don't have any means of their own to produce the things that they want to produce. Let's talk about a few that we've talked about on this, on this, uh, 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 on this program. Dime Store Legends. Those would be the three and three-quarter cowboy figures. They were an incredible Kickstarter. The Sectars three and three-quarter figures uh, from Zika Toys. Uh, that was a great Kickstarter. There's one going right now that everybody should check out. It's called Space Force, right? If you go to Kickstarter, put in the little search for Space Force, right? I see Sandwich is already interested. Yeah. It's kind of a uh, it's kind of a a send up, if you will, of the Donald Trump, President Trump, Space Force idea. Right, mm -hmm. where it's just kind of sort of this classic fifties bubble helmet spacesuits, right? Articulation, they have weapons, but they have like there's a Donald Trump head and there's a Barack Obama head, and then you have the red uh ones, and that's like Vladimir Putin head and so on and so forth. If you look at them, they're really awesome. This project only has a short I can't remember what the goal is. Do you have it up there, Sandwich? I'm still trying to find okay. it. Okay, and it's being wacky. Okay, it's it, maybe it's. I want to say it's maybe forty thousand was their goal. They're sitting at like twenty eight or something. They've already gotten an extension because of the virus. The figures look really good. They're by a a number of really known toy makers. They have deadlines. Uh, they have dates to provide, and so on and so forth. That is where. People should be spending their Kickstarter money, not on Todd McFarlane looking to line his pockets on making a $40, $40, let me repeat, $40 six-inch figure. $40, Nick. For a six-inch figure, a Star Wars six-inch figure is 25 And how on earth does he have the balls to charge $40 for a kickstart, a kickstart figure that he doesn't need to do? He doesn't need to do a Kickstarter. He has a toy company. He has millions and millions of dollars. He could fund this out of the pocket change in his couch. And he is actually the audacity and then to further complicate it he puts out multiple versions he puts out a gray version which is supposed to represent what the figure looks like a test production figure you know it's not painted and then he has another version that's like the modern I think it's the modern spawn, like so the red is removed from the costume. And then there's another version, like, and if you order all of these versions, then you get like the Al Simmons head in color. And you also get the the gray uh a screaming head just in gray. It's a scam. And then if you want, 
for another $40, you can get it signed by him. It's not really signed by him. It's a little sticker signed by him that you stick on the figure. For $40. For $40, I can take and get a Star Wars figure signed. Most likely. I can get one and get it signed for $40. This clown is charging $40 for a figure. It's outrageous. And to do it on Kickstarter is just an abuse of Kickstarter. It doesn't help promote toys on Kickstarter because he has a fucking toy company. That's like if Hasbro did a Kickstarter for a Star Wars figure, which is normally 15 bucks, but they're going to charge... 40 for it. It doesn't make any sense. Now, don't get me wrong. Hasbro has a thing called HasLab, and that Kickstarter funded, for amongst many things, the Sail Barge, the greatest Star Wars ship ever made into toy form, my opinion, because it's the most ambitious. They also did a huge Transformer Unicron thing that was unbelievable when you saw it live. Absolutely fantastic. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Kickstarter or, or, or crowdfunding of projects is, is a bad idea. But when you're talking about a project that they will never create. I'm keeping Sandwich awake. <laughs> uh, if you're talking about kickstarting a project like the Sail Barge that Hasbro will never make without crowdfunding it, that's one thing. If you're talking about Todd McFarlane releasing yet another classic Spawn figure from a company that he already owns that fucking makes Spawn figures, what the fuck is the point? It's a grab. It's a complete money grab. And he's trying desperately to have any everyone believe, no, no, this just promotes uh, Kickstarter as a place to launch toy uh, platforms from. Bullshit. Dime Store Legends. Uh, Zika Toys, Sectars, and and the, the other. Captain Action, I think, is the other. Something like that. Uh, uh, what about um, our friends over at um, Animal Kingdom? Warriors of the Animal Kingdom was a Kickstarter. Uh, Space Force, which you, which you can still be a part of now. Go over and check it out. Those are the reasons that you have Kickstarter. Those guys don't have corporate backing. They don't have companies of their own. They're doing this all on their own dime, out of their own pocket, producing stuff that they love. Fuck Todd. This is a stupid fucking maneuver, and I fucking hate that he did it. Okay, here's where I stand. <laughs> so first things first, uh, before I even tackle all that. Uh, if you search on Kickstarter for United States Space Force action figures, uh, it'll pop up. It's just over $31,000 with seven days to go. Uh, right. During that mini... That's, uh, that's with an extension. Dur during during your... Um, you, while you were pontificating there, Mr. Kev, uh, I looked yeah. through it and it really does look spectacular. And uh, I think my favorite part might be the Rosie the Riveter uh, alternate head that uh, you're able to use uh, as one of the tiers. So... Uh, uh, it, it looks just it looks hysterical and i think it would be great actually on someone's uh uh probably office desk for some reason uh so that's that uh everything else being said uh as i as i said i was able to talk to him uh one aspect i think this is really interesting as i see the numbers go up uh is the fact that uh 
the way I found Kickstarter is a personal story is I found out through uh, Zach Braff's campaign uh, when he was raising money for his movie. Now, I know, Kev, that uh, if I remember correctly, you and OG were not a fan of that approach, but that's what led me to finding out about Kickstarter. Because of that, that was my avenue to back. Uh, I back more comics than I do toys or any other projects for that matter. Um, but that's how I put a lot of money and board games too. Uh, but that's how I kind of was able to direct that money. If it wasn't for that Zach Braff thing, there's probably a, a dozen Kickstarters I would not have funded because of that. It was almost like the gateway drug into crowd uh, funding in that capacity. Um, so first of all, it has a chance to do that with the way that Kickstarter is working with uh, McFarland to try to broaden its horizon for toy campaigns. Uh, beyond that, one thing I thought was really interesting while talking to him, uh, was the fact that when they sell these toys, whether it's, uh, with diamond distributor, whether it's target, Walmart, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, that they have a, uh, spe uh, specific, um, restrictions that they have to have. It can be the fact that, uh, the box has to be a certain size. It's the fact that it has to have only a certain amount of weapons, uh, or no weapons at all, uh, and they have to follow guidelines when it comes to um, figures that they are in the works for at the current moment. What I think is interesting here is the fact that, as I watch Instagram and the crushing of heads, uh, is the fact that uh, this is something that they're trying out to see what the uh, public response will be, and I think that this is a circumstance where it's totally okay kind of just gauging how... It is skipping the middleman and going straight to the consumer in this case. So you're getting more from uh, yes, obviously Todd McFarlane is more of a uh, is more of a high uh, tier um, uh, uh, retail uh, creator, uh, but it's it skips a lot of the processes, which makes the product more not only ready readily available for the consumer, but they can also make it more of the way they want to make it. Uh, versus the way he wants to make it, plus a Walmart and Target at the exact same time. Uh, He's lying. <laughs> He's lying. Okay. There are no restrictions with regards to those things on the toys that go in. And if that's the case, Nick, if that's the case, let him sell it directly from his company to specialty shops and comic book stores. Because the other article that I thought, the other bit of news regarding Todd that I thought you might be talking about is his, is his plan to save comic book stores and specialty shops because they were not doing well before this COVID business. And yeah. there's certainly many of them are going to close for good now. So out of one side of his mouth, he wants to save direct retailers and comic book stores and specialty shops. And out of the other side, He's like, I'm just going to do a Kickstarter. You want to do a fully articulated spawn figure? You want to do all these special things and everything else? Sell them direct to the shop. It's a money grab, Nick. But he it can't, doesn't cost he can't him sell, more he, than seven. Nick, listen but, to me. Uh, it doesn't okay. cost him more than seven dollars. Seven dollars to produce a fully articulated carded figure in six inch. Seven bucks. And he's charging 40. 
it's a grab. It's a complete and utter money grab. He won't sell them to the people who need them most. If this thing is so popular, just imagine how great it would be if direct market guys and comic book guys, comic store owners and retailers, imagine how great it would be for them if they could get it directly in their hands. Obviously, yes, that would be an even better opportunity. But again, that goes back to how, what I said at the beginning where comic book stores have to deal with Diamond, though, at the exact same time. They don't have to deal with Diamond. They, they can buy from him direct. Everybody is buying from him direct. Uh, but there are people who are buying from him direct. When you see him at Toy Fair, you don't have to order them through Diamond, Nick. You can buy from McFarland direct. But they get so many incentives to deal with Diamond. So it's it's okay, kind of like half that. dozen to one in the other. So it's I know they're up and against Diamond the wall is really case. not popular right now. With oh all no, the no, 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 absolutely else. not. Absolutely. I not. get it. I get it. it but you're not going to convince me, even based on the fact that I agree with you on that part of it. There's no way to convince me that this isn't a money grab. I'm not trying to Because he's speaking you. out of both sides of his mouth. He's um, just speaking out of both sides of his mouth. And you know why he won't put a spawn toy in uh, Walmart or Target or any of these other places, retail places where you get toys? Because nobody fucking wants one. There's no spawn. This this spawn movie that he keeps talking about, he's going to direct, and he and and he's ever closer or maybe he's now gotten i don't know i haven't heard the latest uh that he's gotten um jamie fox to star in this remake of the spawn motion picture when he has a spawn motion picture and he does spawn movie toys they will be in stores a comic book spawn will never be in a store again unless of course it's wrapped up with a video game like mortal Kombat, mm -hmm. which is producing, I think they're producing a spawn figure. I don't, I don't know exactly sure. if that's the case. There's a lot of that going around too. Um, that that will be, you know, maybe there'll be a figure based on that. Regardless, if he wants to do a completely articulated spawn and get it into the hands of people who actually want it and who are not jumping in to flip it online because they think they're going to be able to flip it online because they think, Oh, it's just going to be available at the Kickstarter, and he's never going to sell it at retail. Bullshit number two. Uh, that's who's buying these. That's who's snapping them up because they think they're going to have an amazing opportunity to flip this figure for $100 because they only made so many. In the, it's a scam. It's a scam. 100% a scam. A guy with a toy company of his own does not need Kickstarter. The only reason to use Kickstarter is to create buzz, to get people to buy $40 toy that he's paying, okay. if he's paying $7 for. Uh, it's a scam, Nick. So you're, so you're telling me you're not a fan of his move right now, is what you're saying. Yes. I believe. I, okay. I'm sorry if I use too many words. Okay. But okay. That, that is what I'm, I mean to say. Yeah, when I, I was outraged when I read the article. And again... Space, uh, uh, United States Space Force uh, is struggling at 31000 out of a $40,000 budget for a line of figures. Well, I, and, also, I also feel like uh, the people who were, are putting the money behind Spawn were probably not saying, oh, it comes down to one of these two figures. They're, to they're well, two that's, totally different sets. But that's the reason you need to look at it that way. It's still a toy. It's still part of people's budget, uh, of which nobody has a budget now. 
You know, many people are out of work and so on and so forth. That's very true. I mean, first of all, I think it's a shitty time to do any Kickstarter. That said, the Space Force Kickstarter started before, and it's another, it's just another reason to hate Todd. Is to hate Todd doing this now. Sorry, I didn't finish. Is to hate Todd doing this now because who's going to be involved? You know, desperate people who think they're going to flip that toy for $100. Guarantee. I guarantee you the day that they come out and the day they ship, they're on eBay for $100. And then I guarantee six months after that, it's released either through Diamond or to retail. It's going to be released. And I'll have some minor altercation or something, or you know, or just something ridiculous that has nothing to do with anything uh, uh, so that it's not the same version, even though you fucking know it's the same version. Guaranteed 100% that's what's going to happen. He's trying to capitalize. This is the last gasp for that shitty book, Spawn. And 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 that's why I think he's making a grab while he can. Well, all right then. You know, I, I think we need to have a break and we need to have a big group hug right now. But before we do that, I, I would like to pimp out that West Coast Scott is in the Instagram. Hello, West Coast Scott. So that's Hello, nice. West Coast Scott. We hope you're doing well. Congratulations on your recent news. Yes. Awesome news. Congrats. And on that happy note, gentlemen. Big Kev. Uh, we will take <laughs> our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 584. 84. What? Yeah. It's not 584. Yeah, last week was 583. Is it? Wow. 584. <laughs> Jeez. I just didn't realize we were close to 600. Uh, 584, uh, the one we're calling... Uh, we love Todd McFarlane. What's that? We love Todd McFarlane. But it's a lie. We can't call it that because someone will okay, say, hey, these guys love Todd McFarlane and send it to them. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> West Coast guys, episode How about we call Disneyland. it... How about how about for forty? Uh, let's say I'm trying to think of a good line. Forty forty dollars, my ass. How about that, Jesus? And here we go to break. Build your own X-wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red Five Starfighter from the Star Wars saga. The X-wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive one to eighteen scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights. R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. This is Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Mama, you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Listen up. You still listening? All right, have fun, you geeks. Goodbye, Mama. <laughs> Shut up. From the Sandwich Shop, Big Kev Huna Studios, 
And I just literally blanked out on Monty's studio name. I bet it's really clever. Studio I'm M, sorry. Right? Studio, studio M. M. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> Golf. <laughs> you just heard a lovely little commercial from our friends over at Build X-Wing. Build X-Wing, home to the one and only 118 skill X-Wing on the market, which is great for your three and three quarter figures. You gotta find out what's going on with them. <laughs> We'll work on that after the spot. It's a great piece for collector guys and diorama guys, and people who just like things in scale. It's fully detailed and fully realized. Comes with many fabulous things like places for the bombs to go. The ship has working lights. RGD2 goes boop, bop, and beep, of course. And the X-Files open into attack position. We here at Geeks of TNG always like to pimp out to the deluxe edition which comes with working landing lights, static figures, the little people movers, and a static Luke Skywalker for the cockpit. This comes with a fabulous little magazine guide, which gives you fun little background and source material. And once you're all done, you get a nice little binder. You can bind all the magazines together to split it on your bookshelf or in the mantle or wherever else you want to fit it in your lovely home. So this is my – I'm going to jump into it right away, the little bit I do. You know, COVID-19 has really shaken the world. It's really changed the way we look at things. And it's changed the way people are able to spend their money. So you're going to go out with your friends after this is all over. You're going to go to a convention, and you're going to say this beautiful X-Wing displayed somewhere. You're going to say, holy shit, that looks awesome. You know, you've been down. COVID-19 really knocked the shit out of you. You've bounced back. You got, you got some money in your pocket now. And you're like, well, let, me, let me splurge a little. Let me, let me fix the sadness of my life with money and buying <laughs> things. <laughs> so you're going to walk over to that X-Wing, and you're going to say, hey, that Mata, void. <laughs> how much does that X-Wing run for? And he's going to say it runs for this much. And, you know, you you haven't been able to accure the same money you have in the past because COVID-19 kicked your ass. What this product, what Build X-Wing does for you, it gives you an affordable way to get that piece that you want in your home now. All right? we You don't have to worry about dropping, you know, an absorbent amount of money right there on the spot. You can pay it month by month, and you get a piece by piece, you build it, and it's a, it's a fabulous piece, it's got weight to it, and it's that piece for the Star Wars fans, even people who just like beautiful pieces, even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, you can appreciate how beautiful this piece looks, how heavy it is, the, the amount of workmanship that goes into it. So if you want to reach them, they're at buildxwing.com, or if you reach them on your telephone, they're at 877-544-6779. Uh, Good job, Sandwich. Good job. Uh, all right. So as we're winding down here, we have a uh, return of product onto the oh. show. Again, something uh, I haven't even talked to you guys about. Oh, did about. Sandwich get over to the Big Kev's Geek Stuff post box? Sir, I, uh, I, I had I had some product delivered to the house. Oh. I was able to get some goodies while uh, doing the whole social distancing thing. So I uh, things are good, good here. Good for you. So um, – one thing, as I kind of hinted before in the, the last segment, uh, I think it's safe to say comic books are kind of like my first uh, my first item when it comes to collectibles that I try to go for. Um, as we were talking in Discord uh, earlier today, um, they found an old uh, video I actually produced about the comic book art, uh, about the art con uh, that was going on in Secaucus, New Jersey at the time, uh, some years ago. Um and that kind of got. Did me you get your Daredevil piece? No, I never got the goddamn Daredevil piece. But I do have. <laughs> wow. I, I still have the Alex Maleev, um 
uh, the Alex Maliev uh, alerts on my phone when something on eBay gets posted under his name. So uh, I'm still I'm still hoping for that. Uh, and I actually have to hit up to him for a, a, a replacement. But anywho, um, so one there's one uh, storyline uh, from John Romita Jr.'s and uh, J. Michael Straczynski's run of Spider-Man that I really, really love. Uh, uh, calm your face, sir. Uh, but I'm a big fan. So uh, this kind of came up uh, on one of the websites that handles uh, comic book artwork. I'm trying to do this while Ooh. I'll still be on microphone right now. But it is one of the pages from the first uh, arc that the two of them worked uh, together, I believe. Um, oh, nice. It's one of the – actually, the last issue, it's uh, towards the end of the book as well. Uh, but it's a main part of the storyline with Marloon. Uh, it was issue number 35. Um, in 2001. So I believe this is the, actually the issue that came out right before the 9-11 issue uh, uh, hit the stands. Uh, and I was able to grab a hold of this. So I'm keeping trying to keep it on the, the Instagrams uh, with everybody right now. But the, what's wow. great about comic book artwork is the fact that uh, if there's something, uh, some artwork that you liked uh, in a comic, it, I can almost guarantee it's going to look better in person when you actually get the artist sheet uh, in your hands or you get to see it up in person uh, one way or another. Um, I will say I have only maybe six pieces so far. I have some stuff from when uh, Lee Weeks was on Daredevil uh, in the 90s. I have something that he did uh, maybe five years ago on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and I have some Mark Bagley stuff uh, from the 90s uh, as I'm trying to get some more Mark Bagley stuff since that was kind of my introduction into Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> So I picked this up. I believe the website is RamitaFan.org. But he does a whole bunch of stuff. If you just Google original comic book art in Ramita, it'll definitely come up. Uh, but he does a whole plethora of stuff. Uh, he, even after buying this page, he goes, oh, I have this other book if you're interested. I have all the completed artwork for $27,000. And I go, no, thank you, sir. I do not have those kind of <laughs> I do not have those kind of funds. Is is that is that actually John Ramita Jr. that you're talking to? No, no, no. It's somebody that's running the shop. It's someone who's doing consignment work. Oh, um, I see. Only twenty seven thousand. Yeah, because you know, because you know, John Ramita is a friend of this program. Oh, is he now? Oh yeah. Did you know on our first Sirius XM show, uh, John Ramita Jr. live sketched in my sketchbook? It was one of the first. Um, video comic book sketch things that anyone had ever done. It, now it I kind of remember this program. I kind of remember that story now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually called RamitaMan.com. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that's actually on this website. Uh, that's at least nice. worth checking out. Um, like I said, when I went to that comic book art show in Secaucus, now it's somewhere else in New Jersey. I forget where off the top of my head. Somewhere off Route 17. Um, but seeing these these uh, original pieces of artwork are just jaw-droppingly gorgeous, uh, even on stuff uh, for characters that you have absolutely no interest in general. And, and you, Yes? Yeah, I was going to say, there's a, there's a seller out there who I really like. His name's Albert Moy. M-O-Y. You can probably Google him as well. He's a really great seller of, of original art as well. Yeah, so I mean, listen, this is, I'm not going to lie, these, this is a very expensive hobby right here to get into. But it's something that's worth uh, at least dipping your toe into. I mean, I, I've talked to some people <clears throat> who bought some artwork from the early 90s, 
and that stuff is it's it's like buying Amazon stock, uh, uh, you know, in the late '90s or, or whenever that went public. Um, it, it's stuff that has just doubled, tripled, or and gone up in, in value tremendously. And like I said, there's something about seeing this artwork uh, that brings a whole new experience to uh, the platform that you you enjoy so much more. Um, and uh, I, I cannot recommend enough. Before, when you see it in its raw form, uh, it's just it's it's stunning. It's it's called artwork for a reason. So uh, there you go. It's kind of, it's the same way, Kevin, when you bought that uh, when you found the the uh, the Green Arrow thing for OG. Uh, that was absolutely yeah, the, beautiful. The animation piece. cell. Yeah, it was right? absolutely beautiful. There's something gorgeous about seeing it, like in its raw form. Was um, it the animation cell? No, no, no. It, it was a one, it was a it was a two page. Pages, it, was a splash, right? it was a splash page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over two pages, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, that was that, that was from yeah that was absolutely gorgeous. We but, should check in with OG and see if uh, if either one of those beautiful pieces have been framed yet. I know that I'm pretty sure the cell was. I pr- think I remember. Oh seeing yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The cell, I believe. I don't. I remember. I'm pretty wow. sure I remember seeing it. Uh, the artwork. I haven't been uh, into Studio OG since, uh, so I do not recall. So uh, yeah, it's absolutely worth getting into this hobby uh, if you can afford it. But at, at minimum, I I really recommend going to that comic book art show. Uh, which usually runs twice a year. I think the next one's coming up in September. Uh, I'm, doing the, I'm doing the sandwich method of being on. There you of go. Of what? By being as close to the camera as possible. Sorry. Oh, you boys. I'm trying to. I, I'm. I'm listening. I want to lean forward and listen. Well, go to RamitaMan.com just to kind of check out some of the artwork. And uh, there's a lot. There's a few other websites. Uh, Metropolis Comics. They sell a lot of nice pieces of artwork as well. Um, just to kind of see what you're, what I'm talking about. So it's absolutely gorgeous stuff, and it's it's actually kind of a nice investment if you wanted to go um, that route. So yeah, uh, boys. Anything else you want to hit on before we start wrapping things up here? Is there anything else on the prep sheet? Not really. Well, there's one thing, uh, but we'll save it for the uh, uh, the bonus show. For uh, you know, speaking of the bonus show, the sandwich. Uh, I had a good idea for a sandwich shop. Oh, what's that, sir? Well, my thing I, t- I told you about last night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Should I say now, or you want me to just like, save it? I love how the yeah, show's talk going on. Why when don't I'm you? Not around. Here's an idea. Here's a radical idea, sandwich. Yeah. Why don't you do it? Okay. Sure. Why don't you record it? And give it to Nick, and Nick will put it online. I love it. I love it. All right. Good stuff. You as know, long as that does not interfere with your work, D&D, uh, Xbox schedule, if you could cram it in there somehow, that would be great. I could look into it. You know, one thing, one other thing that's worth just kind of uh, mentioning, because, you know, why not end the show on the down note? Uh, Mort Drucker. Mad Magazine artist uh, for oh, over yes. 50 years. You know, I don't really, I don't want to uh, forget this or just make it like a little throwaway thing at the end of the show as we yeah. say goodnight. Uh, passed away at 91 uh, years old. And yep. uh, for a lot of people who may not know who Mort is, I guarantee you that there is an artist that you currently enjoy who was inspired by, yeah. by Mort. Uh, and, and the work that he did on Mad Magazine and other comics. If you've ever read comics. Mad Magazine, you've seen more Drucker's work. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true. And uh, there was a nice uh, tweet that was sent out from Mad Magazine. Um, 
uh, just kind of uh, saying thank you for the the dedication that he's done over the years. Um, so yeah, I will say too, it's also worth you can still pick up Mad Magazine in the reprint forms, and I think it's safe to say that it's it's kind of nice getting a nice laugh right about now. <laughs> and uh, Mad Magazine also known to kind of push the envelope and not be exactly PC as it were. So uh, it was still worth picking up those the, those books, whether it's digital or whether it's you, you get them mailed to your home or whatever the case may be. Because the last one that I, I read, I literally laughed out loud as the I LOL as the kids say. <laughs> so, but if you want a real laugh, Monty, you know, as soon as I figure out how to do this, watching. Uh, myself and the young sandwich and uh, cousin Dave and mumbles and E-Rock and, uh, and anyone else who pops in uh, play either Red Dead Redemption or GTA five is really a comedy. So there you go. There's something that, else you can stream true. and record. I like that idea. That'd be nice. Yeah, there's a way we can... I think there's a way we can just put it out there via Xbox. I just haven't looked into it yet. I will this week. Well, something something, something to work on. Uh, but I can hear the wrap-up music playing on uh, this side of the studio. But you can you catch do? us each and every week over at GeekStuffTNG.com. Same thing uh, goes for our handles on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. You can find me online as Monty's Mayhem. M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, and the YouTube, uh, where I have that lovely uh, Comic Arts Con video posted. Big Kev, what is your uh, social media stuff? These days, you can find me for at least four to eight hours on Xbox One Network under Big Kev GS, uh, playing GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2 online with the sandwich occasionally. I have to say, he is a man of his word. He's come back. He's played nice. Red Dead. We're having a good time. <laughs> when we when we get tired of Red Dead, we switch over to GTA. We have a whole different thing going on there, which is fun. So we've been having fun, and I, I appreciate the fact that Sandwich has come back into the fold of playing. So there's that. Big Kev GS is where you'll find me over there. And everywhere else, it's BK Geek Stuff on uh, all the other social medias. Beautiful. Young Sandwich. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and the Xbox One Network at Fat Dumbledore. F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. Where I'll be playing Red Dead and GTA with Kev. And occasionally I'm on there by myself. Uh, playing with himself. There, yes. Hey, listen, no, I'm trying to do a thing. Come on. Wow. For any of the fans who ever have an Xbox and want to hop on, shoot me your gamer tags. Let's see what games we both got. Maybe we'll play a little, some other stuff, you know. Let's, we could branch out, you know, beyond the Red Dead GTA spheres. Beyond the Rockstar spheres. Look at you Trust pushing the envelope. I love it, Sandwich. I love it. And with that, Big Kev. Did you, did you, uh, did you overcome your map issues with uh, Roll20? You want like a preview of the Sandwich Shop? Um, oh, no, no, I don't. Never mind. No, you talk about it on the sandwich shop. Okay. Uh, with that, Mr. Monty <laughs> and uh, the essential sandwich, uh, we will bring this episode of Big of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> episode 584, really? Yeah, man. Uh, yes. To a close, uh, the way we end some episodes by saying...
Good night, OG. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Shout